I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hey, everybody. It's Patrick, and I play Ezra the Golem. This is Ray, and I play Cammy the Kitsune. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the Storyteller, and welcome to Brute Force. Greetings, fine patrons. Welcome to the Gilded Round Grog House and Tea Room. I have got some Jasper Spit Whistle, and um, you know I've got a got a bit of a bone to pick with a few of you in the room here tonight. And um, you know there's no easy way to get into this, so I'm just going to go ahead and and lean right into it. I would like to point out that the stage is not a great place for your empty tankards and uh, and, and mugs and things of that nature. Now, I know, I know, you know, it's not really not really my place to say. I, I certainly don't own the place. I don't do uh, much of the upkeep around here, uh, at least not on uh, days that I am performing. But I, I really do feel like as a performer, the stage is, is kind of, it's, 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 it's my home in a lot of ways. And when I'm up here, this is, this is my reign uh, uh, over all of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not in, a, not in an egotistical way, but I, I am certainly on a platform raised above the rest of you. And so, you know, as I am here under the, uh, under the lights here tonight, um, I am uh, at a station above all of you, <laughs> you know. It's not a, it's not an, again, it's not an egotistical thing. It's just something that I feel needs to be pointed out. Um, and when you put your empty tankards on the edge of the stage, what it really says to me is that you just don't, you don't care. You don't really care about, you know, the, the stage, the stagecraft, you know, the work that's put into to waxing the front edge of that stage to that, that fine sheen that we all know and love. So... I would just like to make a, a point of it, you know, just 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 keep your tankards, keep your keep your mugs on your table, you know. There's no reason to put them up on the stage, okay? And if I see any up on the stage, I will be kicking them off, okay? I I, will, I watch, okay? And you can try to run up on the stage and catch me, but that the front of that stage is waxed so so smoothly. I would love to see you try. I would be out of here before you even got onto the stage. I promise you that much. So just Word to the wise, keep it off the front of the stage, okay? Well, anyway, um, last time, uh, we, we, the brute force had, had just uh, just been joined by Moon Kevin, actually. Um, they took a moment or two to solve a, a, a minor crime of uh, murder, most foul, on the airship. And then, you know, they were learning a little bit about some of the other powers of, of their wonderful relics. Well, I mean, I guess it made sense at the time. They really didn't know what was going on with their, with their relics. But, you know, on the way to, to meet up with a Garion and Clash Tiger, you know, they, they, they probably could have just waited till they got there, I suppose. Uh, because a Garion had so much information for them about the powers of these relics, these, these magical artifacts, part of, of gods themselves. Uh, and so we should probably jump right into that. But first, you know, Moon Kevin, it had been such a long time since they had seen him. You know, they did tell me a lot about Moon Kevin. He was featured in some of their stories when they retold them to me later, obviously, early on. He wasn't actually talked about too awful much, and I don't know why. He seemed like a nice fellow. Um, but yeah, Moon Kevin had, had, had recently flown in on a hippogriff, of all things. Um, strange creatures, honestly. They're um, part hippopotamus and um, part griffin, which is kind of weird because it's only the tail end of the griffin, which really is just a lion. So I don't know why they don't call it a hippolion, um, but it does, it does have the eagle wings though, so I suppose in a certain extent it is more griffin than it is hippopotamus. Um, anyway, foul beasts, they poop all over the place. I don't know why anybody would want one, but they are kind of a prestige thing, I suppose. Um, but anyway, it comes Moon Kevin riding on a hippogriff, pooping all over the place. You know, it's kind of a strange place to start the story, but here we are. Moon Kevin. That's that's right. It is I, Moon Kevin. Hey, Moon Kevin. <laughs> do you know if centaurs got big old horse dicks, or they got little human dicks? <laughs> uh, the first have, thing you say to him in months. Believe it or not, I have not uh, done too awful much research into the anatomical properties of a centaur. I don't know. They wear the cool. two sets of pants, so you have to assume. 
It's great to see you again, buddy. How, how did you find us? Did you get the message we sent we sent you a while back? Uh, no. Uh, what about Jamtooth? Oh, yeah, that message. Yeah, no, I got that, and it uh, it kind of brought about a, a period of of mourning, and also of of meditation. And I feel like after a long time, I'm finally able to get back out there in the world, and uh. And, and make my mark in it, you know? I feel like you're about to start selling us power shakes or something. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Listen, I do have a, a, a multi-level marketing plan in place <laughs> right now that if you wanted to get on board uh, super, super uh, top of the, of, the, of the pile, you could. Uh, we, we could. Okay. Uh, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, I did spend a lot of time just kind of trying to find my place and avoiding uh, herodom in general. And now I feel like that's probably not uh, that's probably not what what Jamtooth would have wanted, right? Absolutely not. He was all about being a hero. He was a hero. It was his raison d'être, if you will. Is what Jamtooth yeah. said. That doesn't exactly sound like him, but uh, but okay, fair enough. I think the last time we saw you, you you went off with Tulu. Is that right? Yeah, hung out for a while. She's kind of a little bit of a drag, really. After a little while, she she spent way too much time as a chipmunk, which was strange. I felt, uh, mm. as just as a relationship standpoint, because you're not a chipmunk. I'm not a chipmunk. That's the thing, and she. I don't think she ever really understood that. I didn't have the same passion for acorns as she did. And when it really came down to I'm it. sorry, do you have a do you have a, a big sort of prejudice against all sort of forest animals? Hi, my name's Cammy. I'm one of those. Uh hey, what's up? No, no, no. It's, I mean she was mm. I mean she was literally a chipmunk for a very significant period of time. Not okay. not, e- not even so much an anthropomorphized chipmunk. So as that a makes str- it better if they're anthropomorphized. It, you I know? mean, to a certain extent, at least I could connect on a on a on a more of a base level than a literal chipmunk. So what you're saying is it's better to like fuck Alvin than fuck a chipmunk is sort of where you're going with that. I mean, we did a lot of of just spiritual connection more than actual, mm. uh, as you would so eloquently put it, <laughs> fucking. But mm-hmm. um, it's real tough to to spiritually connect with someone whose only interests nuts are is nuts. acorns. Yeah. I said acorns specifically because I didn't want to leave you the joke. Oh, well, you know, I always work my way in. Hi, I'm Cameo Canna. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. Uh, so list list of things I know about you. Um, there's a girl I don't know. Fun. Uh, you had chipmunk sex, but it was like head sex or mind sex or whatever you're calling it. Uh, and then you're here and you rode, um, I don't know, something real extra as hell that has probably like three dicks canonically somehow. Uh, just the one, and it actually stays inside most of the time, just as a kind of a... Of a courtesy to the people below. That seems like it'd be distracting. An in, an inside dick? How does an inside dick, that's the opposite of distraction. <laughs> if it's not inside you. <laughs> so anyway, what brings you on here, Moon Kevin? Uh, well, I mean, I was, I actually decided to kind of head back home for a certain extent. And then I saw the ship flying overhead towards Burkheim and I thought, well... Maybe I'll see what, what what you guys are doing. So I thought maybe the, on my way down to Murkheim, I would maybe run into you. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, do you guys stay in Murkheim now? Do you kind of roam around a bit? I didn't know for certain who would be on the ship. I figured, though, if there would be anybody coming out of Murkheim, it'd be you. No, we, we would just pass in through. Yeah, we roam. We ramble. We wander. We ramble and roam. Right, 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 right. No, I know, I know, I know the life, obviously. Yeah. Of a, of a roamer, of a wanderer, if you will. Nomads, brother. We got that. Yeah. We got nomads. You know what I mean? Uh, we're just uh, heading back east. East? I say with a question mark because I don't north, know where we are right west. now. I mean, currently we're headed due north, but I assume eventually you might All right. be turning. I don't so know. So we're going north. Right. You're welcome to come with us for a little while. Well, hold, hold, hold on one second. How do you feel vis-a-vis thievery? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what about hijinks? I need well, hijinks are okay. Okay, um, that's I a need start. Context to that, because well, thievery you- is not the best use of one's abilities. What if we were planning a heist to save the world? <laughs> 
honk bitch. Uh, and to, wait, wait. To restore the balance of uh, the world chakras, we gotta align the uh, world chakras. I would be very interested to hear exactly what it is that you are talking about with the vis-a-vis the chakras. Uh, I, I don't know if we can tell you exactly that at the moment, but I can tell you it's going to be gnarly. That's something you like, isn't it? Gnarly things? <laughs> I really prefer details, but like, mm. thanks for pigeonholing me into a surfer vibe, I guess. The shell necklace kind of did that for you. It's not a sh- Shell necklace. I have a little bit of a vocal fry, I guess, but like you don't have to point it out. I'm a little sensitive <laughs> about the matter. Have you ever stolen things? Do you have a fun skill and a reason we should add you to the team, or are you an NPC that's going to hold us back? Uh, boy, that's a, that's you're coming pretty hardcore there. Hi, I'm Cammy. I only mm. go hardcore. I mean, to mm. be fair, Cammy, he was probably <laughs> with us for about the same amount of time you were. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that. I can vouch for Moon Kevin. He's he's a great he's a great dude. We used to oil each other up as enemies, and okay. then we oiled each other up as friends. Oh. And then you whittled things for one another. We whittled. He gave me a paste. We did a bukkake together. I mean, we can we can vouch for him, Cammy. He's he's a solid dude. Sure. I mean, if you guys vouch for him, I'm sure he hasn't done anything weird or, you know, aligned with any of our enemies recently or done any, like, weird urine play. So, no, I'm fine. Yeah, sure. The last part seemed very specific. (laughs) Yeah, where were you calling up there? (laughs) We're going to address those concerns later. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But you got to trust people. Imagine if we were that skeptical about you. We'd be like, oh, I wonder if she's secretly working with the Grease Boys to make sure we don't win next up Paragon. But instead, we opened up our hearts and our homes. Actually, do you remember that you were very skeptical of me? Everyone that you've (laughs) ever interacted with until Cammy actually you were quite (laughs) skeptical of. It's a strange thing. And then once she rolled into town, you were just like, well, okay, here she is, just standing there. I don't know, for for no metacognitive reasoning, you were completely accepting of her. It's the strangest thing, honestly. So, Moon Kevin, this is uh, Jasper. Um, oh, right, 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 right. I haven't we met told you. told him all yet. about you, but... Uh... A little bit. You didn't really make the highlight reel, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Sick burn, oh. Jasper. <laughs> this, uh... Okay, that's that's cool. Oh, don't worry about Jasper. He feels bad because we all hate him. I'd beat him with a belt. <laughs> it was only one. It was only one smack. I mean, it, I, it was not the worst. And I can see perfectly fine again, I'd like to point out. I have full vision. It's not 2020, but it's pretty close. Why don't you two have a, a little chat together while we uh, <laughs> go and have a have a little sleep? I don't know that I have much to say to this fellow. I don't, I think, I don't know him from anyone. I think you and Moon Kevin should really get to know each other. That's a good idea. He looks, yeah. like, he looks like the kind of person that would have, have weird issues with, with urine play. I just look at this guy. Yeah. Cammy, you called him out, and I think you were accurate there in that one. You know, calls him like I see some. You should get to know each other. All right, so Moon Kevin and <laughs> Moon Kevin and Jasper walk off to go have a conversation together on your demands. <laughs> Welcome to the rest of the podcast, where those two are no longer around anymore. Ezra sneaks off to eavesdrop on their conversation. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting there staring at each other awkwardly. Uh, Moon Kevin is very threateningly whittling a uh, a steak. And Jasper is uh, is is doing that like throat humming, the Hungarian throat singing, the most aggressive form of singing there is. Hungarian throat singing. As you can see, Jasper Moon Kevin, he's a great guy. He's got good abs. He's got gray hair. He has normal human sized teeth. They're the perfect size for his face. Everything about him is great. <laughs> Here's, here's what I've decided about this Joker, actually. Over the course of the last 15 minutes standing next to him is that I have nothing to say to this gentleman, <laughs> and I don't feel like I will ever speak to him again for the entirety of our, our interactions. You, you could say you don't know him from Adam. I'm leaving. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, God, I can't even address that joke. Oh, man. You almost made me poop my pants because I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so presumably there's anything you guys want to do with this this uh, this experience. You know, you've had to you've had multiple NPCs you could have forced me to talk to with one another. It didn't have to be Moon Cabin. <laughs> didn't have to be tonight. I want to take the the other three off to the side, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, uh, so what's what's a, what do what do you want to do? We have to go meet uh, Garyon and Clash Tiger, 
Or we could, you know, just go in guns blazing. I think we should probably meet Agarian and Clash Tiger. I mean, we told them we're meeting them already, right? I mean, we didn't say in what order. Yeah, didn't didn't they tell us to come to like Hell Island or or like Spook Spook Water or something? We're going to Eastern Oster. I don't I don't think that was that. Like, it was a very specific, terrifying place that we were going. I think. Which is in Eastern Oster. Oh, okay. Cammy, do you do you do you remember where exactly we're going? Oh gosh, you know, you think I would? You really think I would? I don't think I wrote it's the that something one down. of tears. Oh, the cistern of tears. There we go. See, I told you it was terrifying. I would like to put that off as long as possible because maybe they'll get bored and they'll go to like the Valley of Smiles and we'll meet them there. <laughs> Uh, you want to so, meet someone a little somewhere a little more uh, feeling neutral? Uh, Mort, <laughs> you would in particular know with your kind of knowledge of Oster in general that pretty much everywhere in Oster has this kind of very spooky ass sounding name. These places were places that you used to know as like Oak Town and <laughs> Cedarland. Like they had like very very banal sounding names for them at a certain point before the Austin reach. And then after the Austin reach, they just got goth as all hell with their naming conventions for some reason. Uh, I think a lot of A.R.A.C.T.E.R. as well, because we've got Gravemire as well, haven't we? Well, Gravemire uh, has kind of always been a, a bit of a, a, a moody sort of place. Cistern of Tears, though, sounds like a Castlevania expansion. Like, that one particularly <laughs> is pretty <laughs> moody. Yeah, but I mean, you have been to, like... The Waltz of the Underworld? Like, what Like what other moody place have we been? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure you've been to the Chain City at this point. Right. Yeah. So, like, they all have bullshit names. That sounds metal, though. It does. And the Cistern of Tears has got to be a freaking Iron Maiden album. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anyone, has anyone been, like, around Oster? Do they know what to expect in the Cistern of Tears? Like, what's there? Well, we were in Oster not that long ago. Yeah, but we only came to, like, the Coliseum and the college and all of that. And that was the area that more came from yeah so more you would probably know this this area like the the area that is this that is now called the cistern of tears it's like a large valley that's recessed down in i don't know what the what the rock formation would be but like it's kind of surrounded on all sides by a, a plateau almost and then it's set down into the earth a little bit and it's got a, a just a completely still lake that's in there that is and it's now called the cistern of tears but there's not like a lot of population in there there's some light fishing that goes on it's it's kind of a it's kind of a vacation place for people in austern i say all that to them all right so so Agarion and clash tiger in a fun little b&b they have a fun little escape before we're going to do our good heist they're, uh, they're going to be covered in doilies by the time we get there I think we should definitely meet up with them. I think they can help us plan the heist and probably tell us a bit more about our, our relics as well. Uh, uh, Gary, and certainly. I don't think Clash Tiger will be doing much talking. Uh, could, could y'all back me up so I uh, don't have to return mine right away? Oh, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm Thanks. sure maybe Gary will have a solution to that particular issue. Well, if, if Clash Tiger has any sins, we can always give him a good bop with our sin hammer. And then, you know, we can always use that as sort of a, a fun little feather in our hat. Uh, just bop him with our sin hammer and that'll work out. Seeing how uh, you guys reacted to each having more than one relic, yeah, he's got like a lot of them. I'm kind of really afraid yeah, of him I, now. I don't think the sin <laughs> hammer's going to do much to him he's got like seven relics on him or something i think you would all you also might remember the fact that he just totally let you take one off of him yeah he did at a certain hmm. point. Huh. he was kind of dead behind the eyes i'm not sure that there's much uh going on in there right now but i would like to steal his helmet because it's that's the future one and uh boy howdy would that be helpful on a heist but he might not let us take the helmet because that's sort of his thing hey, maybe he can tell us what the heist has in store for us. Oh, precog. He's a precog. <laughs> yeah, that's what that one does. So how much does Agarion know about, because we sort of vaguely, vaguely, briefly talked about it. How much does Agarion know about the setup of where, we're, of where we're doing this, of the vault and all of that? 
So he probably knows more than you know, as in like he's probably <laughs> been in the vault at a at a point in his life. He was a council mage, mm-hmm. so he does have a like a fair uh, understanding of kind of how the whole thing is structured. He also knows probably more than anyone besides maybe Clash Tiger, who, as you kind of had noted, is probably not the most conversational right now. He probably knows more than anybody about the the capabilities of the relics that your side is in possession of right now so between that like the man with most of the information is is definitely a Garion right now well let's go see him yeah so i think we're gonna head to the cistern of tears okay you guys head north and north and north some more and then once you guys get kind of north of the far edge of dinderast you guys start to slide out over the ocean a little bit because you guys are are coming Pretty far east of where you guys were before in Auster, the very far northeastern edge of Auster. And so this area is pretty cold, pretty snowy. And so you guys definitely need to, to bundle up as the ship heads in towards the Cistern of Tears. But before too awful long, you guys make it there and are able to, through a couple of messages that we won't bother with sharing with each other, like kind of narrow in on where Clash Tiger and Agarian are, and you guys manage to to meet up with them. There's a it's a it is a cabin made out of these like massive ironwood trunks. It looks like it is probably an a fairly ancient cabin, but the the wood that it's been built out of has been like petrified at this point. So it is a, a pretty strong building that uh, they are apparently hanging out in and there's a uh, there's smoke pouring out of the chimney as you guys approach knock knock <laughs> <laughs> okay did you say knock knock or did you yeah, not no, it says knock knock no okay uh yes it's uh <laughs> it is uh open to- you're meant to say who's there oh boy <sighs> I-, I feel at this point i i absolutely know who is there so <laughs> do you are you sure <laughs> Go and say it. <laughs> knock, knock. Oh, boy. Lola goes inside. <laughs> <laughs> and so as you guys come inside, there is a Garion. Uh, there is no Clash Tiger to be seen. Does he react at all to me wearing Death's Embrace? Why don't you roll a... Why don't you roll uh, an Empathy? Also, um... I, I would like to do a roll. I would like to use the cami power to take in all my surroundings because I have a distinct feeling that we can't see Clash Tiger with a Clash Tiger in here, maybe on a ceiling, doing a little sneak in. I got two. Okay. So what what Lola notices is is probably what anybody that was was walking in at the moment you were walking in and was just like looking to Agarian's face would have noticed, which was just this imperceptible moment of just like his face drops, but then he Aww. like regains himself a little bit. Yeah, she looks to for her part like, "Yep, done fucked up," <laughs> and like she probably looks a little bit sheepish. I, I can tell that you did not make it to one of the recording sessions. That's <laughs> John, cut that out. <laughs> I, I'm always going to feel bad about the fact that Lola died on the one that you were not there oh, for. That fucking took me a long time to get. I was like, what's the joke here? Everyone else is laughing. Uh, so what did Cammy roll for her, like, take in the situation? Uh, Cammy rolled a plus three. Cammy rolled a four. Okay. Uh, where are you when you're doing this, where you're just, like, trying to take in the scene? Is it, like, before you go in, or is it once you're inside? Or No, it's once I'm in. Because I have to spend a few minutes, so I don't want to just stand outside with the door open. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so what you what you notice uh, over the course of like the handful of minutes that that this probably initial conversation is going to go on for, so you pipe in with this information whenever it feels like it's the right moment for it, is that all of the windows go dark at a certain point, hmm. uh, and it's within the first couple of minutes of when you guys walk into this building. Okay. What like tinted or like it's night outside closer to it like goes night i mean there's there is a lot of like light in this place like there has been light casted in the corners of this room like it is magically lit up in here so it's not something you would notice unless you are really like looking at the windows and notice that the light stops coming in from the windows and starts being only produced by the light in this place okay uh, and Jasper and Moon Kevin came with you, too, just because I feel like everybody needs to be together for this little powwow. And Yanov too. After that uncomfortable high, 
I think that we'll like, clear her throat and be like, <clears throat> so we're here to plan a heist. Oh, yes. Uh, so you know, no issues, I assume, with the uh, procurement of the of Burden's, Burden's rest. No, I, it, was, it was pretty easy. That is, uh, that's good to hear. <laughs> she says, not knowing any of the details and just assuming the whole <laughs> thing was very easy. We've, uh, <laughs> I must say that uh, I've not... Uh, not had a lot of easy goes of, of, of procuring relics. Well, it's because you haven't been using the brute force. And Ezra does it cool. <laughs> and Mort does it with him. I, I hesitate. I hesitate to ask, but were you able to, to manage to, to, to allow Mirka to survive? Lola's just standing there, like, with a glazed look on her face. She's alive. Yeah, we ain't gonna be hearing her from her no more. She's being looked after by some priests. Well, well that's, that's, that's good to hear. Oh, we were attacked by, uh, what's his scar, scar, Mr. Scar on the way here. That's his rap tank? Yeah, that guy. Oh, that's unfortunate. I assumed that you must have run into him, given the fact that you happen to be wearing uh, Right, yeah. yeah. Death's embrace. Um, he killed her, and then we revived her with Death's embrace. Oh, well, that is one of its many uses. Look- and I figured out how my hammer look, worked. Look, Kami's without sin. And I bonk her on the head with my hammer. Her head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know all the things that she did to poor Mirka? No. She's- I'm canonically <laughs> a good girl. She's fine for now. Oh, God. <laughs> Never do anything wrong, apparently. Also, I'm very tall, so you have to reach up to bop me now. I was down on the ground. This was also hey. very tall. That's true. So... Agarian, is there a way to remove Death's Embrace without the wearer perishing? Ah, uh, well, um... You must know a spell or something, right? So far, we have not exactly had much success in <laughs> Okay, that. I have a question, Agarian. I have a very important um, arcane question for you. Okay. If we can get your good buddy clash clash man the the the, the clasher uh if we can get him to use his very fancy gloves can he make a construct body that is that it's very harpy like and then can you met like bibbity boppity boo lola's consciousness into it so that we can take off death's embrace can you do that oh, oh you can be a golem too oh <laughs> no, so free no free will no free will I, 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 I would, I would, I would, I would point out the fact that mm-hmm. it's, uh, that though, yes, there could, there could be the creation of, of, of some sort of harpy-like golem body, um, the actual transfer of souls would not be anything that we have any frame of reference for. <sighs> Don't we have that golem book? Take out the golem book. <laughs> Uh, he sits down at, at a chair near the fire and he says, I feel like that you are uh, attempting to find arcane solutions for some very real world problems here. And though I understand the inclination, I don't believe that you truly understand the scope of what we're doing. Mort found a solution pretty readily, actually, like kind of before even the cannon started, really. What? <laughs> I was under the I was under the impression that more Dindun died, but here he is right here hanging oh, out I with see. us. Yeah, he kind of found a solution that seems pretty arcane. Well, I mean, I think we have no option but to look for arcane solutions. We're not going to fix it with twigs and ointments, are we? I mean, if you have a mechanical solution or a spiritual <sighs> solution, a musical solution, let us know. That is because you're 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 operating under the paradigm of what you've known your entire life. We're operating that- under a paragon. It's Ezra. Hey, <laughs> here you go. Have you okay. This is uh, this is your friend's life. We are discussing here. I, I hope you could take a moment. Uh, Garyon, do you think you are without sin? And I hold up the hammer. <laughs> oh, Ezra. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, no, and I, I would I would I would wager you are not either. I don't know. Uh, let's find out. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. No, 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 no. She kicks him in the shin like, dude, 
I'm just playing. I know my head would explode into a million tiny pieces. <laughs> I, I I think that the, the the point I would like to make here is that once we complete what it is that we have set out to complete, the the magic, the the power that that we have wielded, we as people have wielded for centuries, will not be ours to wield. It will return to the gods, and it will be theirs to decide who lives or who dies. That's what I was just thinking. Perhaps the gods will be so grateful that they will fix things for okay. us. Okay, okay, so here, here's my question. What god do I get and get in the good graces with that would be most likely to be able to make me undead? No, not undead. Not dead. The worm. Yes, certainly the worm would be a, a, a good starting point. Yeah, gotcha. That's... All right. Worm it is. Oh, the gods are going to give me a heart. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is I, f- I feel a, a critical element to the to the issue that we're encountering here is that you have to ask yourself why why have the gods been prevented from being whole for so many years and why is it that the council of mages themselves were the ones behind preventing the gods from being kept whole i literally did not think to ever ask myself that <laughs> <laughs> supposes that they knew that that was what was happening did they know that was happening? I thought that the hyena was sort of pulling some tricks. I thought the that bad hyena man was sort of doing a grift on him was sort of where I took it. Well, that is true to a certain extent, but it is not as if Belladonna Steel Armor did not try to communicate with the Council of Mages and express the concerns that she had and the need to restore the power to the gods themselves. Yeah, why are we why are we restoring the power? I just got my bloodlust real up when you told me we got to go punk on Mirka. I'm confused as to why we're trying to bring the gods back. Right, that would be the whole when you die, you yeah. don't actually die and you spend eternity uh, in a hellscape of your own creation. That would probably be the central core concept there. But that's the only thats the only reason. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of other benefits to bringing them all back, but that would be yeah. quite an important uh, A general balance, a lack of, a lack of being ruled by chaos. You know, those, those, are, those are important concepts, I believe, as well. Do golems go to the hellscape when they die? Since we don't have a soul, uh, I don't really know. It's let's find out. And he takes his hammer out again. <laughs> just just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. Well, y'all know I'm in. I've kind of got a vested interest into making sure all this happens. Because you're wearing a vest. Because I'm wearing a vest. <laughs> okay, so let's let's shift the topic from maybe like the spiritual meaning of of death and the afterlife and more ask like man you got a blueprint to the coliseum because you look like the man with blueprints you know yeah have you ever gone into the coliseum and then faked your arms getting blown off mm. as you also faked a murder and then locked some of your friends inside the coliseum <laughs> yeah. and then gave them a fake with their glass to transport them across the globe and mm-hmm. then made them think you were dead forever before getting them back to you and sending them on a quest to kill everyone and take all the relics that type of blueprint excellent question excellent question uh no uh, <laughs> to, start, to start off none of that is uh is in any way shape or form what we are possessing it, it was a tomb Oh, fair. I know more, but we're going to the Coliseum. Um, alright, so here's my here's my question, logistically. How many of us are doing this? Because now we've experienced... Okay, actually, here's another question. And she kind of, like, leans in a little bit closer to Agarian, though it probably doesn't fucking matter. He's got so many relics. He can probably hear every goddamn thing I ever say for the rest of my life. How is Clash Tiger able to kind of keep it together? Because we've, like, picked up multiple ones now, and... And it, it, it messes with you. Uh, yes. Um, well, he doesn't communicate in the ways that he used to. He's more of a physical being now. <laughs> no, he just... I feel like, to, to a certain extent, when I need to ask him something, he just lets me know in my own head, to a certain extent. He's a little bit different. So, to that end, uh, I I will say that he... He wrestled with the power of being a paragon for uh, a, a fair amount of years. So he has at least experienced that for uh, enough time to, to be, I guess, a sturdier bearer of these relics than perhaps anyone could have been. But it, it certainly has taken its toll on him. Hmm. 
Uh, that being said, he doesn't seem to be so beholden to the individual relic anymore. So if there is a relic that, that we have access to that you feel would be beneficial in this, uh, in this mission, uh, we certainly could, uh, you know, do a trade out or, or equip you with extra relics. So uh, it, it's kind of however you see it working out best. I personally want to switch them. So when we get to the point where we're calling him in, you know, I'm sure he's like doing the pyrotechnics, you know, maybe like up top on the ceiling or outside. Cause I, you think I didn't notice those pyrotechnics, that, that fun stage lighting trick that he pulled with the windows, but I saw. So when we hmm? get to that point, I, I've got, I've got a sort of a, a grocery list. Right. Um, the windows. Can we uh, give relics to Jasper and Yernal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you absolutely could if you wanted to. I do to. not trust Jasper with any magic. <laughs> no, thank you, actually. Yes, so I apologize for the uh, slight bit of distrust I may have shown. Um, we are currently um, in a pocket dimension right now. Um, mm-hmm. I I did not know uh, if it would be you that actually walked in the door here. There's many ways to disguise yourselves once the relics are involved. You would have known um, if you'd said who's there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a point. <laughs> uh, so, 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 yes, Clash Tiger actually has us uh, within a within a within a, a pocket dimension currently, um, but we will be able to get out of here. Did he do that with the gloves? Does the gloves do that? Yes, that that would be one of the one of the many uh, benefits of of Greed's touch. Cammy takes notes. Yeah, we got a lot of questions. What else does my hammer do other than smash? And it. It works like a divining rod too. I figured that part out, and I can make it big or small. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's there's a there's a handful. Uh, it, it does damage that would scale based upon the sins that that the the one who is stricken needs to atone for. So the more sins someone has, the more damage that the hammer does. Uh, <laughs> additionally, yes, as you as you know, it does act as a divining rod to determine good or evil, the basic karmic balance of of someone, uh, and you while wielding it would be granted some form of uh, insight into the perpetrator of of particularly heinous crimes. Mm, heinous crimes, the worst type. Can I ask, because we're in this city of lots and lots of dead, uh, what, is, what does this one do? She said, he knocks on the... <laughs> uh, I, I feel like you might, uh, you might know a, a, a fair amount of, of what that does. You are currently invincible you can be incapacitated and you could be killed if struck with honor's law and you had sufficient sins to atone for like um, bestus Rathtaint, he literally exploded <laughs> yeah it was insane did a lot of sins i bet he was a fun dude to know at parties Bet he did some anus crimes, you know what I mean? Uh, it may surprise you to find out that you can use this uh, to raise the dead. Oh, uh, no, um, knew that one. Kimmy takes notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you should be able to to see dead on people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can use that to raise a, a simulacrum of uh, the lost loved ones of people to, to do battle as dark servants at your side. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, it's not really a healthy one to have, honestly. No! Well, I, I don't mind turns things into snakes, so that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's all it does. Uh, it's a well, to it could, it certainly could. It actually fires uh, pure wild magic uh, and travels at at light speeds that uh, has a tendency to to randomly transmute objects that it comes into contact with. Um, though that does not always occur, as is known for w- wild magic. Hey, Gary, man. You know how you have all these answers, but you haven't used these relics? Is there like a pamphlet or like a brochure that you could hand to me? Because I'm sort of the I'm sort of the book lady. Could I could I get that where I just have like sort of the stats on these bad boys? He takes out of his satchel the diary of Belladonna Steel Hell armor yeah. and tosses it to you. He's like, I certainly don't need it anymore. So yeah, you can have it. Oh Absolutely. gosh, Cammy gets a cutscene. She's so excited. She goes, she like pumps her fist in the air. She got a new book. That's awesome. Is you gonna get jealous? <laughs> you, you, you can suck one. You was mean to me. Okay, well, when when we talk to um to Clash Tiger, here's here's what I'm thinking for sort of our our heist uh gear. I think that I should put on some good boots. 
I think that's going to come in super handy, be able to be able to scale. And she like flips through the thing so that she's not like lying or talking off the cuff as quickly as she can. She's yep. I want to. I want to be able to climb on the walls, like r- run around, all those fun things. Actually, there's 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 a little bit more to the boots than that you probably should be aware of. Yeah. Um, with with Dread's pace, you can tr- you can transfer yourself. You can move instantly between shadows. So any shadows that you are within line of sight of, you can transfer uh, instantly from one to the next. So oh, damn, that's for awesome. a heist, it's pretty useful. Additionally, this is uh, another another feature of of the of Dread Space, and I will I will say this to you because it's important to think of this when we do ever interact with Clash Tiger one to one while he wears these boots. <laughs> if you lock eyes with the the bearer of of Dread Space, um, you will be incapacitated twice as long as the glance has been has been maintained. So if he looks at you and you lock eyes for five minutes you will be incapacitated for the next 10 and be completely unable to move. Hell yeah. This, oh, this, is, this has a magic heist written all over it. Yep, gonna, gonna <laughs> try to get the boots. Uh, I also think one, one of us, maybe, maybe, maybe Ezra, should put some good, good gloves on so that we can hold all of these, all these good things in a pocket dimension, like hold, carry them in a safer way than putting them all on and then losing our whole minds. How many um, relics are left in the vault? Well, it should be three. Yeah, it should be. It should be um, three, and then wherever the uh, greaves are. Right. I got a quick question about golems. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> Since I got no soul, can I just wear like every relic, and it won't make my soul super crazy? Insofar that I don't have a soul. It's no soul. Less a, it's less about the soul. Um, for you than it is about the the arcane nature of your creation the fact that you are in in many ways just a a being of arcane energy could be the most at risk of bearing multiple so true big arcane energy so true i mean you and you you and 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 mort of course I think if there's only three relics left to get, then, you know, we have Yanov and Jasper and Mooncabin here. They could each carry one out, right? I love that idea very much. They probably will do, really carry their weight in this heist probably really well. Uh, just, to, just to give you a good understanding of, of what Greed's touch can do. Awesome. Um, besides, besides the fact that you have the ability to manifest items of, of any mundane item uh, that you wish, um, you actually have a near limitless capability of grasping and holding uh, items. So you can reach, and in fact, we are, to give you some context, currently held within Clash Tiger's hand right now. And were he to open his hand, we would return back to the world of Eorith. Yeah, see, that that seems very, very good for a heist. I love that very much. Um, And then I'd like to put a good helmet on Mort so he can see stuff coming. That is possibly going to be a problem sure yeah no because that's the big that's the big one that clash tiger likes a lot i don't know how he would respond to that we i mean we absolutely can 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 try to to go that route Mm -hmm. um but it it could be difficult okay all right why don't you just wear the helmet oh no no i don't i kind of want those boots i like uh running on stuff and up stuff and down stuff very much could i maybe put in a bid for the gloves considering i Kind of the least at risk. Yeah, I was nervous about you because you already you need you kind of need that plate on my girl a little bit. Oh no, I'm not gonna swap out. I just thought carrying two would be difficult for anyone. It will. It would be difficult to 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 give either of them up. But I feel like that is an issue that Lola will have regardless. That's fair. Point. That's very fair. I think more. Is just freaking spot on the spot on the nose. We gotta get Moon Kevin Yanoff, and we'll find someone else. We'll get those two, and then we'll find we'll find someone else. I would like to. I would listen. I, I don't want to interrupt, but you know, if there's if we're all talking, you know, hey, let's just kind of shop around a little bit, uh, and and maybe you know, perhaps grab uh, a, a relic here or there. You know, there's. I don't want to oversell my abilities with a great sword, but I don't know if you guys were there when we were on the you did airship. Did kill a lot of rabbits. I killed so many rabbits, and I feel like 
I feel like if I was given the opportunity mm-hmm. to wield a great sword. Okay, well, I don't know oh, if sort of. Boy, howdy, no. doody. I feel like I would do so many great things. It's a great sword, first of all, foremost. Yeah, no, I don't know if you sort of have uh have the right the right juice, the right Michael right, Secret right, because or... I've been I've been here for for about four times okay. longer than no, you. No, that's fine. I'm just I don't want to throw that out at you, but you know, you just showed up and just like, you know kind of grabbed an axe off of someone who got knocked down on the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah. So the question is whether I have the right stuff. Understandable. Okay, you know I understand that. <laughs> uh, how many how many how many people have you have you killed in the service of this of this brute force that we have here? None together? according the, to that hammer. Assembled... None according to the hammer. Mm. And also, uh, how many tails you got? Because I'm walking around you right now. I see, like, no tails, my dude. That means nothing to me. This isn't a pissing contest, guys. No. <laughs> We're all on the same fucking team. He unzips his fanny pack and he throws at you a dozen bunny tails. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got four more on the ship. You've been keeping those? I mean, you never know what you could. Listen, to, to find a good makeup poof in this economy... You know, it's very difficult. So, you know, yes, you, you can apply you can apply blush with this. It's very useful. Yeah, no. So maybe no with that great sword, because I think you got a magical fanny pack that's doing a, just a hell of a job right there. Okay, I didn't realize that you were the arbiter of relics. I, I'm sorry, I didn't know that's how this worked <laughs> well, out. Well, no one stopped so me from I'm good, talking. I'm glad to hear from everyone here of my assembled friends that, that Cammy does all the relic duties here and makes all the decisions. Good to, good to know. Good to know. I'll just go ahead and, and sit over in the corner here. <laughs> During this whole interaction, Lola's been slowly inching towards the Gary on to stand beside him to like separate herself from the group. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I, I just sorta I just sort of kept talking and no one stopped me and I was I'm the one that's reading the like the good book, so I thought maybe because I sort of had the good book that uh I would, you know, make my recommendations a little bit. Also, I have three tails, so like leadership ability, hell yeah! I got leadership out the tail, all three of them. So, well, let let's table this this part of the the planning for the moment. So let's actually plan how we're gonna get in there and get these things in the first place. As you say that, the light enters back into the windows, and the door swings open, and Clash Tiger walks in. <laughs> Is he intimidating? He is as, as intimidating as hell. Does anybody look at him in the eyes? Uh, no. <laughs> I do, because he's my hero, so I look straight at him. Oh. All right. Mort, you don't realize this, but you currently can't move. I don't think you probably would be moving even if you wanted to. His eyes are just are just light. Oh, that's fun. Cl- Clash Tiger. Hello? In all of your minds, you hear, It's time to make some decisions. I did, I did that justice. It's, it was really creepy deep. It was like, we're going to have to make some decisions. It was it was like he was oh, oh, just an otherworldly, beastly creature. Something, it was so deep. Like, I mean, maybe in retrospect, you know, thinking back on it now, it just seems deeper than it was at the time. But I just, at the register, he reached. I mean, honestly, I don't say this to many people, but if he was actually interested in some... Yeah, just just straightforward vocal training at that point. I probably would have dropped everything else and said, oh, you know, mission's great and everything like that, but we've got a <laughs> we've got a, a once in a lifetime voice right here. You know, he sounded amazing. But you know, sadly wasn't to be, you know, with the, the fate of the world on the line and everything, you know, there were there were bigger things to, to accomplish. Although, you know, when you really think about it, what possibly can weigh against the power of just one just truly beautiful song you know can you weigh one one beautiful song one aria that lifts the spirits and the heart against well i mean i guess against everyone living in purgatory for the rest of eternity unable to move and always feeling the the the, the torment of of that agony of, of immobility i suppose the song's not as important really all things considered I'm glad we continued on the quest. Anyway, um, yeah, no, we, we really got into the to, to the thick of it at that point. You know, Agarian had given us, I guess, kind of the Cliff's Note version. You guys know who Cliff is. He walks around town and writes notes about kind of the short version of what's happening uh, in and around Murkheim here. I've met Cliff several times since being here, and he's a, he's a wonderful fellow. Um, 
I, I, I have some concerns, editorially speaking, about the notes that he's left uh, regarding uh, me and, and my stories that I tell here. But, you know, besides that fact, he's, he seems a nice enough gentleman. Anyway, Agarian just kind of gave everyone the, the overview. Um, but when Clash Tiger came in, <laughs> it was immediately evident to everyone that he saw so much more of what was going on than any of the rest of us. Um, especially me, because I, I, I had lost my glasses at this point. I didn't put it into the story, actually, that I had worn glasses at the time, because I thought a lot of you wouldn't respect me as much. But I feel like now that we're at this point in our friendship, I can be honest. And at the time, I did wear spectacles, and I lost them um, after I was beaten with uh, a belt. Um, and, you know, all, all things considered, I thought, you know, maybe we'll stop in town soon, or I'll pick one up. But then we got to Merkheim. And, you know, things went kind of crazy. We never actually had time to get out. I mean, they, they did send people off to get some stuff, and Cammy did end up with a with a, a plastic rocket launcher. But at no point did anyone return with glasses for me. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that he saw more than me, um, because everyone saw more than me. But he did have this kind of otherworldly sight, you know. And, I mean, yes, he was wearing a helmet that gave him otherworldly sight. But, I mean, I think even beyond that, there was just something about his perceptive abilities that we really realized we were in the presence of one of the last long-standing paragons. <laughs> you know, looking around, no one had been in the job. I mean, Mirka's over there. She doesn't even have a relic anymore. Uh, you know, who had been in the job for more than a few weeks? No one, except for Clash Tiger. You know, and here he was, wielding more relics than anyone since Belladonna Steel Honor herself. It was, um, it was something to behold. He was no longer mortal in every sense of the word, and I don't tend to meet a lot of gods in my career, so I was a little bit starstruck, I must admit. But, I mean, he really could have done great things with that voice. Oh, boy, howdy, anyway. Um, but do come back here next time. We will uh, we will lean really heavily into the rest of the story. I do appreciate the handful of you that, um, you know, dealt with your, your tankards appropriately tonight. I do, I do, I, d I did see it. I, th I saw you lean over like you were going to put it, and then I kind of tapped my foot on the stage a little bit like, all right, buddy, we're going to do this dance. And then you kind of put it back on your table. So I do appreciate that. You are all welcome back here next time at the Gilded Ram, Grog House and Tea Room, tip your Minotaur bartenders, and I will see you next time. I'm glad that we made that mandatory for all Brute Force <laughs> um, recordings is, is a moan to start to sync up the track. Yeah, I think uh, it's more interesting than trying to do Soundwave dicks. Although that is always yeah, fun. It is way more interesting. I like a moan. What I've learned from the last two times I've done that is if you moan well enough, it stays really consistent and then it looks like a very long dildo. So you are kind of doing both when you moan. You're making yeah. a sound wave dick and you're sort of making all of your fellow hosts uncomfortable. That's important to yeah. me. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the most important bits. Is this part of the outro? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's perfect. Sure. Um, so one thing that I want to talk about, other than moaning, because I do want to talk about moaning a lot and how beneficial okay. it is to a happy work We can get back to that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll circle back around to the moan, um, is, is reviews. Because I personally love reading praise about Cammie. Not myself. I'm problematic. Cammie is a good <laughs> character, though. <laughs> so, and every time someone's left a five-star review that features Cammy, I've gotten very excited. I've gone out. I've gotten myself a donut that day. I've sat down, and I've really, like, basked in the warm glow of, gosh, just all the, all the good vibes. Because that's what five-star reviews bring, are, like, really good vibes. I prefer reading reviews about King Kaboom and uh, Hollis. Hollins. 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 Tom Holland, the Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Our review about Tom Holland, the Spider-Man from the movie. Just leave us reviews about Peter Parker. What I like about that is it'll force Adam to canonically make an NPC named Peter Parker. Mm. And I, he loves Rat when Connor. we force things into his canon, like sand squids and things of that nature. <laughs> he really enjoys that. <laughs> 
No, I think no. Five star reviews, like all all fun goofs aside, because that's you know I'm full of I'm full of these hot, fun, juicy jokes. But you know, five star reviews really help the podcast. They really help to sort of expand our reach and expand our audience, and they do um, they do a lot of really really good things and help visibility. So any if you have a second, you know, just go in your app, your catcher app, Apple Podcast, anything, and God, write nice things about us. Yeah. We we actually normally do get nice things. We've only had one which wasn't a nice thing already. Weirdly enough, they were at the wrong podcast. Yeah, I think they were looking for uh, Bruce, Bruce's Force. Bruce's Force, yes. Yeah, and we do currently have litigation against Bruce's Force, so please don't leave a review for Bruce's Force because our lawyers are going to not. They're going to have a difficult time with that. Speaking of lawyers having a difficult time <laughs> with things... Lawyers. This isn't a segue that works. On the 27th of April, we're doing a charity stream, which has nothing to do with lawyers having a difficult time with things. What does it have to do with, John? What does it have to do with? Tell me! It has to do with 24 hours of playing role-playing games and board games and raising money for the Trevor Project. What's the Trevor Project? Do they do good things, John? They are a charity that um, works with uh, support and suicide prevention for the LGBTQ youth community. Did I get all those letters right? I think I did. Yeah, fuck yeah, that's an, that's an awesome charity. Hell yeah, I want to give is. them all my money now, but I'll save, I'll save it, and I'll give it during the stream. So we raised money for them during our very first 24-hour stream. We raised uh, $3,600-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty good for our first stream, but now our community has expanded greatly and their generosity has also expanded greatly and I think we can do a lot better for them this year. I I want I want to get some big charity energy going that day. I want some good donations. BCE. BCE, that big charity energy. Now, what kind of what kind of things are we planning? Are we planning some gaming, some table topping, some maybe some role playing? There will be some role playing. Not, of a sexual nature or a non-sexual that, nature? Not the sexual... Well, I mean, I can't guarantee it's not going to be of the sexual nature. You but can't tell what's going on under my desk right before now, before the watershed, it will be of the non-sexual nature. Okay. Is the watershed a thing in America? Do you say that? No! Uh-uh, I don't know what you mean. That's, it's a, a term in the UK, like, before the watershed is, like, before 9pm. Um, what? It's like you don't swear on TV and stuff. I don't know why it's called the watershed. I should probably get okay. that at some point. That's weird. Uh, so to so to synop- synopsize, um, big charity energy. You we you can be sexual if you make it sexual because we're hiding under desks and after nine p.m. And watershed is nine p.m. So after nine p.m. Yeah. things get buck wild. Now, will it feature any of our favorite, uh, my favorite, my favorite podcast hosts? Will it feature any of them? It depends who your favorite podcast hosts are. If your favorite <laughs> podcast hosts are like Hulk Hogan, then probably it's not going to oh. feature him. What about Dog the Bounty Hunter? Because that's my favorite podcast host. I mean, that's Dog a possibility, Hunter. but probably not. Um, Dang, I think okay. you will likely see all of us, obviously, and Drops yeah, and Dragons us. crew. We're great. Probably Whoa! the guys from Cthulhu and Friends. Uh, Hell yeah! V is awesome! I love Cthulhu and Friends! We may be able to get hold of the Transformation Sequence guys. Maybe. Fuck yeah, I've been on that! Hell yeah! Maybe the those. Inks and Issues guys as well. Shit! Those I don't two? know. I mean, I haven't asked any of those yet. But, oh, you know. okay. <laughs> this is a big cold shot, then. <laughs> I like that. Hopefully, we'll, we... we'll get them involved in some way throughout the day. I can tell you've got that big charity energy because you're sort of just throwing the gauntlet of if you don't help, then you may be a liar. If <laughs> you me. hate charity. You don't yeah, help. if you don't, if you can't, if you aren't available on this day, then you do hate charity, and that's that's legally binding. I just got off the phone with the lawyers. So another thing you should do uh, if you're interested in what all those podcasts are about is go to geektheink.com and check them all out. We've got a bunch oh, yeah. of really cool podcasts, uh, really good content, and uh, they would love to have your listens. Yeah, one other one other podcast that we didn't mention because it is very close to home for sort of this gang is Sayer. So if oh, you can of course. tolerate, yeah. 
yeah, if you can tolerate um, Adam's voice for a longer amount of time, and if you'd love to hear it a little bit more digital uh, and a little bit snarkier, then Sayer's going to be a great, a great fit for you, along with all the others. Cast of Thrones will be coming back in a few weeks as well. Oh, I'm not emotionally ready for Cast of Thrones to return. Game of Thrones, is, I, don't, I could care less about, but I... <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> I'm worried I won't be able to have the emotional maturity to handle Cast of Thrones coming back because they make some they make some big goofs, let me tell you folks. Big, big goofs. <laughs> so, uh, go ride that donkey. That's what I say, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, ride that donkey, big, so a big fat ride pig. Ride that donkey we'll, all the way we'll to Twitter pig. and get in contact yeah. with us at Brute Force Cast. Brute Force Cast. Um, you can contact john at nudzer where the z is a z is it yeah it yeah. is yeah the sorry i thought it was the other way around for a second i'm being american <laughs> <laughs> uh you can contact ray at mr unladylike yeah you can I'm, I'm there all the time doing antics let me know you can um contact carly at animated me where the e's is threes you can get pat at patrick underscore rankin uh, and you can contact Adam at the Adam Bash. So uh, thanks for listening, and we will cross you on the pie side. Bye. Bye. Do centaurs have big old horse dicks, or do they have like human penis? Uh. So here's the here, so canonically in this in this world they have. Both. Oh. They have two. Uh, they're they're oh doubling God. up. Multi-purpose. That's gonna make the live show more complicated, Adam. I hope you know. <laughs> I didn't plan on having any centaurs on the live show. But the rest of us did. <laughs> yeah, that's my next character. <laughs> it's a constantly erect centaur. They come in like full LARP costume centaur. It would be easy if you're gonna get the horse costume anyway. You go ahead and you you just like you hang pipe. And then you also get like a like a cucumber wrapped up in a, a sock and you stick Flash, that on the rear yeah. end. Oh, God. And you got both. You're sorted.